Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wake up in the morning. Eat breakfast. Commute to work. Pack lunch at the office. Long ride back home. Hoping there's still time for dinner. Sleep. Repeat. This is what an average weekday looks like for many Filipinos in the big city. It wasn't always like this. There was a time when metropolitan Pinoys lived where they worked. In fact, there was a time, and there still is a place, when you can see evidence of something that makes much more sense. It's right there in Manila. As old a place, one could say as, well, Manila. Binondo is a bustling commercial center, welcoming workers from all over the city and beyond every day. But Binondo is almost like its own time capsule. It reflects a different work culture from some forgotten era. It's the world's oldest Chinatown. And it was a center for commerce and trade long before being formally established in 1594, in the early decades of the Spanish colonial period. But take a walk around Binondo today. Notice the buildings with businesses at the ground floor and apartments above them. Notice the covered walkways outside some older shops. Look for old, family-owned businesses. You might wonder, where do the owners live? But then again, The answer is also right over your head. It's a district that has been built over the centuries precisely so its residents could work where they live, giving rise to what we call shop houses. But imagine if our own communities were built with shop houses like Binondo, or if we had more diverse businesses to work in. What if we didn't need to go beyond the city to go to work? or sit through hours of travel just to get back home, how much better would life be? I'm Carl Sayat, and you're listening to Estate of Mind, a podcast from Ayala Land Estates, powered by Puma Podcast. On Estate of Mind, we imagine and redefine our urban spaces, what they should feel like, what they can be, and what we can do to make them a reality. In this episode, we'll be talking about live-work proximity and ideal workspaces. The shop houses in Binondo are good examples of design that makes both living and working more pleasant. Whether you're listening to this between your place of rest and your place of work, or if you're listening wherever you're working, or hopefully resting, you know why we need to talk about this. Stress is what we perceive as a threat to our well-being or to our safety. Kaya whether it's traffic, whether it's an interpersonal relationship or something that's perhaps work-related, 
uh, it can actually cause a lot of stress. That's licensed psychologist and counselor Agnes Agbayani. She's the executive director at Life Recovery Center and a psychologist at the University of the Philippines Diliman Psychological Services. Agnes knows your pain, perhaps even more than you yourself are aware. In recent studies, some health issues have come up because of, you know, sitting for a long time, not being able to move like diabetes, some heart illnesses. And then mentally, it could be chronic stress, it could be anxiety. Given the current socioeconomic issues that we have with the increase in commodities and the and gasoline, we also have the problem of safety, accidents, or perhaps crimes. Of course, we also have the problem of pollution. These are just some of the issues associated with having to deal with traffic day after day. The World Health Organization in particular is concerned about air pollution, which was responsible for as many as 7 million deaths globally in 2016 alone. According to World Health Statistics 2022, which the WHO published in May, outdoor air pollution accounted for some 4 million deaths due to stroke, heart disease, lung cancer, lower respiratory infections, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease in 2016. And as for how traffic affects our psyche, we are all too familiar with a sense of helplessness that comes with being in gridlock. According to Stuck and Stressed, The Health Costs of Traffic, which is an article by the New York Times, people are all too willing to trade away five minutes of any leisure activity just to save a minute of time spent in traffic. And of course, there's road rage, which can lead people to take out their frustration on others. NYT cited a study on Los Angeles traffic as published in the Journal of Public Economics, which found a link between traffic and domestic violence. Then, there's a toll that traffic takes on your productivity. You have a lot of worries in your mind, and then physically you're also tired. It can definitely influence your performance. All this is why Agnes says having our workplace near where we live would be the ideal setup for most. And you've probably reached the same conclusion as well. It can improve the quality of our work as well as our life. It can also promote work-life balance. And also it helps uh, in improving our health, our physical and mental health. As we've heard in previous episodes here on Estate of Mind, developers such as Ayala Land Estates are intentional about building communities where residents can live, work, and play at the same time. But this isn't a concept that's new. I remember my parents when I was uh, growing up. It's, it's very common uh, you go home for lunch. Maybe it's just 15 minutes away or 20 minutes away. That's Art Corpus, an urban and regional planner whose voice you've heard in past episodes. He's also a board member of Ayala Land. If you just look at it historically, that, of course, that was always the case. You tended to live where you work and play kasi limited ang mobility ng mga tao, konti pa sila. Where you work is where you live has been the norm for most of the time that humans have existed. In fact, he says that even the towns around our railways, PNR Mainline South in particular, were actually formed because the workers laying down those tracks needed to live near where they worked. 
Many of our towns were formerly construction camps of the railroad. This is in the early 20th century, mga 1910, 1920. railroad, although So when and why did we start working farther from where we live? Art says it's when technology helped us travel faster over much greater distances. That you can it takes you an hour to travel 10 kilometers. No, maybe it's 60 kilometers. So you can afford now to go farther for the same amount of time. In fact, ang definition ng cities or the boundaries of a city depends on the technology diba? of a community. Kung modern ang technology mo, mas malawak yan. In ancient times, classical Greece and Rome, ano, it was determined by But all of that, as we all have now learned, was an illusion. It doesn't last. As more people buy into the fantasy of fast, reliable, easy transportation and commutes, more people add to their own traffic and everybody's misery. In today's world, dahil napakahirap na bumiyahe, hirap mag-commute, live, work, play in one place becomes important so that you maintain your productivity or even increase your productivity. And as you yourself have probably experienced firsthand, it's not just the commute that creates the stress. It's the lost productivity and the disruption of your schedules. The imbalance all of that causes. Here's Agnes once more. And so if we have 24 hours in a day and uh, eight hours is already spent to the work and then another eight hours is spent for sleeping, then at least the eight hours that's left in the 24 hours should be for our me time, for our family time, for our hobbies, for our social life, for other pursuits, diba? So parang eight hours na yung maliit na nga eh, sa dami ng gusto nating gawin. If we are to have that kind of work-life balance, we should have at least, we are able to enjoy working while at the same time, we are able to enjoy our family, our friends. We're able to work on our hobbies and interests, work on the different areas of our life if we have other pursuits. Practically all of us worked at home when the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Suddenly, traffic was not a factor we've gained a sense of equilibrium between work and play once more. Now, two years into the pandemic, some are going back to their offices while others are adapting a hybrid of work-from-home and face-to-face setup. Manny Blas, head of sustainability at Ayala Land, insists on striking a balance. Work-from-home, like what I'm doing now, right? I don't have to be there. But at the same time, I still miss something. Right now, I'm answering questions. Because we have to talk one person at a time. But if we were together in a conference room, while you're laughing, I'm saying something, while I'm saying something, you're interrupting me, and, and we're having a conversation. So I think while work from home is a good answer, there's nothing like being in the office. I think there will be a shift towards more work from home, but I also think the office will not go away. I mean, it is really an essential part of getting things done, solving today's problems, you know, face-to-face collaboration. 
I get a lot of things done along the corridor when our president and I happen to walk across each other and I say, boss, by the way, yung hinihingin nga pala ni ano to, okay lang sa iyo to. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay lang yan. You know, in an instant, I got an approval. I can never do that virtually, right? You know, so the office will continue to be around. Now, if the office will continue to be around, if there are things that we can only accomplish while we're working with our teams face-to-face, are there tweaks we can make here and there to make work a more pleasurable experience? How do we bring joy into our offices? So a good example is, um, you know, if you look at BGC, you know, that high street, that entire high street, it's an open space. But beside it, our stores, and then on top of it, our offices on the second floor. If somebody in the office gets shouted at by the boss, that person can go down and go to High Street, buy a cup of coffee, and say, huh, sobra talaga yung boss na yan, <laughs> And, you know, you get somebody else and you start talking behind the back of your boss. Diba? So, it gives you relief and, I don't know, it, it gives you somewhere to go to, take a break, or if you wanted to have some inspiration, you also can go to the open space. So it's got to be accessible. And the way we design an estate is usually like that. More on this concept of the estate later. But back to Manny. It's very accessible. For example, you get two tall buildings and you put them side by side each other. That's one way to do it. But you get two tall buildings and you tell them, can you put six meters beside the two of you? In other words, when we plan it, the boundary of this building ends here and the boundary of this building ends here so that there's six meters, just six meters. That's not too much. Between them, you can do a lot of magic in that six meter width of that building. I mean, you know, you can put some tables and chairs, a coffee kiosk. And I tell you, every 10.30 a.m., people will go there and have a cup of coffee rather than stay inside the building. There's a way of planning it so that that space becomes a productive space, but it's also a leisure space and a playful space, and it's also a romantic place in the evening, siguro, where couples can hide and have some privacy. I don't know. You want to make it as flexible and as accessible as you can. And then don't put too much. You know, put a little bit, put a swing, uh, some artwork, some benches, definitely, in order to you know, make it a workable space. We've talked about carving out these pockets of joy. But back to the topic at hand. What can be done so that living where you work and working where you live becomes a reality? Now, it's ideal if you work and live in the same place. You know, but that's such an ideal and rare you know, combination. And it's rare because of the law of supply and demand. Here's Ana Gonzalez, sustainability manager of Ayala Land. Siguro, the availability of land is one challenge. Finite resource nga ang land, eh. so that might be difficult. Of course, there are also externalities. Our projects don't exist in a vacuum. There might be other factors such as land prices. Land costs might be one of the main drivers or the main challenges to designing or marketing projects where it's possible to live and work. Normally kasi, where you build your offices, your commercial establishments, this will be in high, very high-value places. 
if you want people to live there, however, those areas or those residential buildings should be also affordable to those people who are going to work in those areas. What we've done in Ayala Land is we've actually started to develop other formats. The flats, for example, comes to mind. I would say na elevate yung dormitory types with our flats projects. So these are shared spaces that people who work in the cities can rent while they're working in the city. And then maybe they can also go home in the weekends. So these are rental formats that we've started to do just before the pandemic. And they're, you know, they're still in demand right now, now that we're going back to normal. It remains in all this that the inspiration, the simple reminder, is from what we've already seen working in places like, well, Binondo. The value of the shop house remains. Our teams are already developing shop houses. Shop houses are particularly exciting for me because it provides a chance for families to actually run their businesses also where they live. Even industrial parks where logistics and warehousing units are now residential areas, are informed by the value of trying to keep work as close to home as possible, and vice versa. Anna points out, when people need not go far, it's good for the environment too. In the past, the main principle was to separate industry from where people live. The reason for that is in the last two centuries, and maybe even now, a lot of industries are polluting. So what they wanted to avoid was industries to affect the environment or pollute the areas where you know people live. I think industry controls are now a little bit better, and that is what actually industrial parks offer. These are controlled environments where industries, manufacturing can locate in and be near maybe you know other members of their supply chain. I think that's one way of also looking at it. At the same time, it also, again, you know, even if, let's say, they're cleaner now, the technology is more advanced, I think what's important here is that they're in a place which makes sure that they're well-managed. Of course, when we talk about live-work proximity, we are not just referring to the place where we sleep and eat being close to our office. We are also talking about the accessibility of everything that we need. Our main product really is what we call estates. They're all integrated, meaning when we plan a project, we're not thinking about a single product project. We always think about them as an ecosystem. We provide places to work, a place to live, of course, a place to thrive to grow as a person. We have schools, we make sure that these are part of our developments, and we make sure that they are all connected. There's also a place for nature to thrive, and we all put them together in such a way that they will thrive over time. You know, they will have a life of their own. Because if you think about it, human needs will remain unchanged. Eh? Whether or not, you know, make technological advances, Human needs will remain unchanged. We need sunlight, we need clean air, we need exercise, we need natural surroundings, a place to live, and a place to make a living. And that was another episode of Estate of Might, a podcast from Ayala Land Estates, 
powered by Puma Podcast. This episode was written by Faith Navarro with editorial support from Robbie Alampay. It was put together by audio editor Nina Toralba. Join us as we imagine and redefine our urban spaces, what they should feel like, what they can be, and what we can do to make them a reality. Subscribe to Estate of Mind on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.